This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Welcome to Nothing, Nothing Happens in a, a Small town. town. I just realized I don't have my headphones on. <laughs> Do you want to take uh, five or are you just going to stick them in? I'm just going to stick them in. Hello. Like, Wait, you can't hear yourself? <laughs> you know, there we, some days it's just... Brains. Yes. Who needs brains? So I say this a lot, though, in my early mornings Pilates, like when they want us to like do things that are like you know, require brains. <laughs> You're like, wait, I'm going to do what with one arm's going to do this and the other one's, uh-uh, no, nope. <laughs> haven't had any coffee yet. What? You didn't have coffee before Pilates? I'm like, I don't want to have coffee before I have Pilates because then I'll be in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, That's okay. probably why I don't do Pilates in the morning. morning. Well, I mean, it would be hard for me with my schedule anyhow, but... You go into work super early. Yeah, so... so but. Well, soon when I get my bike, I only have like a three and a half mile commute from where we stay on Fort Meade yeah. to work. So then I'll be able to park my mode of transportation right outside the door on mm-hmm. good weather days. Bad weather days, I will just take the bus from the lovely parking garage that's two miles away. Yeah. Yay! Commuting woes when you live <laughs> where we do and work where we work. Yes. Anyhow, so today's episode is an Elise episode. Well, at least Elise is the one who sent me a video one night on Facebook chat going, oh my God, you've got to see this. And I'm like, okay, what do I have to see? And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I believe I've heard this story. But what the video was, it was actually on YouTube. Um, The channel is Mr. Ballin. And the title of the one that I watched was... um, the most effed up uh, interrogation you'll ever see. And it is it messed is. up. You're just like, wow. Yeah. Um, and I had heard the story, but I hadn't seen how bad this kid was when they were interrogating him. You're just like, yeah. oh my God, how did they not know something was horribly wrong? So, um, today's episode is set in Phoenix, Arizona, which is not really a small town, but we had a case that we just have to talk about. (laughs) They were actually living in Glendale, which is not a small town either, but it's near Phoenix, Arizona. And because it was just, it's such a shocking video and definitely go look at it if you want to do know it's for mature audiences because yes it's it's so disturbing when you finally figure out what's going on with this young man as he's being interrogated so there is another youtube video out there to maybe watch uh with this after you see the that one which is called uh this is monsters youtube 
episode is Searching for Justice, Ryan Waller. And this guy actually talks to Ryan's father. Oh, okay. So that's really kind of interesting to watch just to to see more about Ryan and just kind of what the family was going through after all of this. The Mr. Ballin guy, he does a lot of breakdowns of of, uh, these interrogations and stuff like that. And people get really hooked on him. But this one, he breaks it down in pits and pieces. And then you finally see, oh my gosh. And Mm -hmm. yeah, he, he says he normally doesn't cuss on the YouTube channel, but he actually did named it the most F with an asterisk. So most fucked up yeah. interview you have ever seen. Yeah. Um, so Ryan Waller was born February 12th, 1988. He learned to play the guitar on his own and wanted to become a musician. He had been dating Heather Kwan for six to eight months. The couple had recently moved in together. They had actually known each other since they were little kids, having grown up in the same neighborhood. Heather Marie Kwan was born on April 10th, 1985. She was a 2003 graduate of Mountain Ridge High School. She completed her education at Glendale Community College, was a student at ASU, and planned to attend law school. She aspired to become a defense attorney. Heather volunteered as a big sister with the Valley Big Brother Sister Program, And from a very young age, Heather seemed to sense when another was hurting and gave her friendship to those who needed it most. She was a strong-willed individual who not only loved life, lived life, but loved life. And, um... Yeah. yeah. You want me to start? Yeah. On December 23rd, 2006, Ryan Waller and his girlfriend, Heather Kwan, were having a quiet night at their apartment when there was a knock on the door. Waller cracked it open and a gun was pointed at him. Trying to prevent the intruder from entering, Waller pushed against the door and was shot in the face. Two men walked into the apartment and shot Waller one more time, and then they turned their sights to Quan, who they had shot in the head, killing her. The men grabbed weapons and a computer before leaving. They thought they had killed both occupants, but Waller was still alive. Two days later, Waller failed to show up at his parents' house for Christmas dinner. Concerned, his father, Don Waller, called the police to do a wellness check. So Phoenix police arrived on the scene to discover that a deceased Heather Kwan, but Waller was somehow alive. He had a severe black eye that was swollen shut and looked like he had taken a couple of good punches. Waller was put in the back of a squad car as the police investigated the crime scene. Medics were called to figure out what happened to Kwan, but nobody checked out Waller while he sat in the back of a cop car. The police transported Waller to the station for interrogation. Before they questioned him, they reportedly took 43 pictures of his injuries. From the start, the detective didn't believe anything Waller was saying. His answers didn't make sense due to his serious head injury. And it just kills me because they aren't noticing that he probably has a brain injury. They are continuing to ask him these questions and his face. I mean, you look at the pictures, he looks awful and his demeanor is terrible. He tells the detective interviewing him that he was shot in the eye. The detective scoffed at his declaration and told him that if he had been shot in the eye, then he wouldn't be sitting there. He would be dead. And his response was something along the lines of, yeah, I know, man, it doesn't make any sense. Waller kept asking if he could go home and go to bed to which the detective told him he wouldn't be going home. 
Critical time kept ticking away, and the nonsensical responses didn't help matters. For some reason, it took the detective a really long time to figure out why the young man sitting before him was failing to make cohesive statements. Part of the problem with the interrogation was that Waller did drop some truths about the actual perpetrators. He mentioned the name of Richie Carver, who was an old roommate of his. Waller told police that it was Carver who shot them, but within his nonsensical statements, this was initially dismissed. And I will say it wasn't actually an old roommate. Um, the guy had, he had lived in the apartment that they were renting. So he was like a previous tenant. tenant. And not a roommate. Not a roommate, yeah. yeah. So six hours after the Phoenix police discovered Waller and Quan's bodies, the interviewing detective realized that something bad had happened to Waller. Detective, it's just crazy when you see this. It's like he stops, he looks at him, he moves closer, started looking at his injuries, and he goes, and he grabbed his head, and Waller whimpers that his head hurt really bad. And the detective's demeanor changed immediately. He became much more caring and said he was going to have a paramedic take a look at his injuries. At that moment, he realized that Waller had probably been shot and uncuffed him. So you see right after he goes out, he gets paramedics, he calls back in. He goes, I think I see an entrance wound here. I don't see an... Basically, there was a shot that went through his nose into his eye Mm -hmm. and back into his brain. Yes. So there was no exit injury, but you could, I could see the hole in his face. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wait, is that a really bad mole or is that a hole in his nose? It is a hole, hole in his nose. Yeah. It is really unclear why it took police so long to recognize the dire situation he was in. Probably because they thought he was responsible for killing his girlfriend. But even so, they really should have looked at his face and said, okay, he needs to be checked out. But if you think about it, so I'm just going to go back to the scene. So mm-hmm. it's two days after that they come to the house. So he has, and in the interrogation, it's like you sit there. He goes, so you took a nap? Well, she was sleeping. She's not sleeping. She's, She's dead. dead. Yeah. So he had gotten up. He rambled around the house some, his poor brain trying to make, a you know, heads or tails of what's going on. Yeah, she wouldn't get up. She was on the couch. Yeah, she's dead. And he didn't call 911. His his head wasn't, he wasn't able to process Process what was going on. So he had gotten up. He'd rambled around the Mm -hmm. house. He'd gone through his cupboards a little bit, made himself some food, but then couldn't, didn't like dispose of things well Mm -hmm. and went to sleep in his clothes. And he just was this, you know, zombie zombie of a human being and i did um in watching the other documentary apparently they did have another roommate the two have a roommate and they they were away or what yeah i believe she was away for the holidays and but the night that the um police actually came to the house she was home apparently at one point in time and she had walked past ryan and she noticed that you know he was bruised up but you know she just kind of just walked on yeah well let him do his thing yeah mind my own business yeah so it's just this whole the whole thing (laughs) is so crazy yeah 
but after being transported to the hospital, Waller had to be rushed into surgery. He lost both of his eyes. Some sources say just his left left eye. The one that was swollen really mm-hmm. bad and had the, you know. And a large portion of his brain. The staff determined that he had indeed been shot twice in the head. The strength he showed through the whole ordeal did end up helping the police. They sought Richie Carver, Waller's old roommate. Well, it wasn't his roommate. It was former tenant. Former tenant. And his father, Larry, for the crime. The Carvers would be apprehended a short time later. The motives for the shooting vary. Some have said that Waller and Richie got into a physical altercation while they were roommates. See this again. This isn't true. Um, But they, so his father, um, Waller's father, um, had said that he believes that they had come, so the this Richie guy had come to the apartment a couple times looking for old mail, and they believe he was casing the place to be robbed because right. this guy was just not a good guy. And he was, you know, he was shady. And yeah. He probably was trying to ask to get himself let in. It's like, no, I don't have any mail for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that is probably more likely to be... Than some of this other yeah. stuff, because they keep calling him roommates, and you're like, no, yeah. he was a prior tenant. Yeah. So in June 2008, Richie would be convicted of felony, murder, burglary, aggravated assault, and misconduct involving weapons. His sentence was a term of natural life. Larry would initially get off because most of the evidence used against him was based on a confession he gave his wife. When she invoked her right of marital privilege and refused to testify, Larry would remain free. So Kwan's family, Heather Kwan's family, appealed to Arizona legislatures to use what would become known as Heather's Law to revoke the marital privilege law. After some legal wrangling, Larry Carver was re-indicted in November 2011. He would become convicted of first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, burglary, and aggravated assault. Waller would suffer suffer seizures as a result of his injuries. His life would never be close to the same again. Ten years after the ordeal, he died from a seizure. He was only 28 years old. Yeah, I mean... Oh, here. Uh, so some of the reactions uh, that I found to the video of Ryan's interrogation, um, Reddit was one of them. I was like, like, the cops didn't get in trouble over the Ryan Waller interrogation. And this, this woman says, I just tried to watch this interview and I can't finish it. I tried to look up if anyone ever got in trouble for interviewing and, and not taking him to the hospital. I saw what his mother wrote on YouTube, but no one pressed charges. Um, Is it not illegal to interview someone instead of taking them to the hospital? I would think that the state or something would press charges and the family would have to. So the YouTube video, that's what the, my mentee sent me um, the YouTube link. It's most fucked up interrogation ever caught on tape. Um, And his intro to it, he says, I normally don't use cuss words on this YouTube channel. And that's why he asterisked the U on effed up. But there was truly no other way to adequately describe what happens in the video. Consider yourself warned. It is marked for mature audiences. Mm -hmm. Another viewer said, um, quoted, detective, they shot you in the eye with a revolver. You wouldn't be talking to me right now. Ryan, how do you know, detective? Because most likely you'd be dead. Ryan, that's what I thought too, man. I really don't know. 
how heart wrenching. Yeah. You've seen the video. And yes. it's just, you, you just, once you figure out that this guy is not, his mind's not there, it's yes. just awful. Um, so you, you do wonder after this horrible incident, they should have uh, been a real evaluation of the interview process for victims and suspects who arrive with injuries, especially injuries above the neck. Mm-hmm. That is the very least that the police department could have done to prevent this type of situation and to make sure it doesn't happen again. They owe that to the people of Arizona. Ryan's parents should have sued because unfortunately, unless the situation hits someone's budget, the situation remains with no accountability. And they did sue. And it got lost. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, The fact that the investigator, Dalton, didn't pick up on the fact that Ryan wasn't coherent at all, which is easy to tell from the video clip, Mm -hmm. combined with how long it took to notice the bullet wounds is appalling and infuriating. They should have had a paramedic look him over at the scene, and this could have been avoided. Um, the first couple of questions. What is your highest grade level? Grade level? I don't know. Did you get a GED? I don't know. That should have been a red flag for concussion brain damage. Yeah. Now, there was um, one that I didn't include in here that was a nurse. I almost did, and I'm, like, going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> um, one thing that you could use, yes, we recognize that the police have, you know, they've got a really good suspect in their hand. There's a dead person. Here's a live person. Right. Beaten up looking. So I don't give them any um, uh, outs for not having a paramedic look at them. That should have happened. You've yeah. got head injuries. You're not going to be a, a cohesive person to interview. I understand wanting to get the interview as soon as possible. But if they'd noticed he had a hole in his freaking face, they might have changed their tune a little bit. Right. But they also don't know this kid from anyone. Right. So they don't know his baseline. And that's what this one person apparently worked with neurological surgeons. Without understanding a person's baseline, you can miss incredibly um, bad issues. Like there was one uh, person that was suffering from strokes, but their strokes were not normal ones. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of additional investigation to get to the point that they'd found the stroke. Well, in this interview too, though, I mean, literally the entire thing, he's he's asking questions and the the responses are not normal. Yeah. And, you know, he'll ask him a question and then he'll ask him it again. And, and the answers vary. And it's, you can tell that something, I mean, something's off. He's on drugs. He's mentally impaired something. And, and that's where it's kind of like, wouldn't you just Stop Stop. and say, okay, something's going on. Let's have somebody take a look at him. Right. You know. And it took him that long. um, But once he does, you see the click immediately. Mm -hmm. When that investigator starts going, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Is that a hole in your face? He completely changes. Yeah. And I bet he felt awful. But at the same time, how do you not do that again? Right. So... Anyhow, yeah, that just that this whole thing, um, it's the video that's just so disturbing to me because you just know he he's trying to fall asleep, but he mm-hmm. can't. You, you you watch the video. There are times that the, the investigator is out of the room. Mm-hmm. So they want to see if you fall asleep or if you're you know not. Oh, yeah. and even on the video at one point in time, he is not shackled. He is yeah. not. And, and, and he, he actually put the handcuff you know, on himself. Yes. And it's just kind of like, Whoa. Th- that is not 
that is not, not normal. normal. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely not be putting a handcuff on myself. And, uh, nope. Yeah. And you keep seeing them kind of try to get into a fetal position, which mm-hmm. is, you know, when you're trying to comfort yourself and like get your feet off the table. And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. It's really, if, if you think you can stomach it, it, it is interesting to watch and, but it is hard to watch. Yeah. I will it, say that. It, it is, took me a bit. It's very hard to watch. Yeah. Um, so Larry Lloyd Carver was convicted for, uh, 2006 murder of Heather Kwan. This is from the Mar- Mar- Maricopa, Maricopa. Uh, org. Phoenix, Arizona, December 14th, 2012. A Maricopa County jury has found Larry Lloyd Carver, uh, his date of birth was 12-1-52, guilty on multiple counts in connection with the 2006 murder of Heather M. Kwan and the attempted murder of her boyfriend, Ryan T. Waller. He faces the possible spending the rest of his life in prison when he is sentenced by Judge Suzanne Pineda on January 25th, 2013. Carver's son and accomplice in the crimes, Richie Lee Carver was previously convicted and sentenced in 2008 to natural life in prison. Today's verdict is a long-awaited milestone on what has been a torturous and difficult road to justice for the victims of this terrible crime, requiring an extraordinary detour through our state legislature, said Maricopa County Attorney Bill Montgomery. We now await the imposition of a sentence that will appropriately hold this defendant accountable for his criminal actions. Yeah, they had to wait until Heather's law was passed. That was really, I mean, for the family, that had to have been horrible. Just excruciating, I'm sure. Um, so... They recount the crime. They recount the crime um, when officers from the Phoenix Phoenix Police Department arrived. They found Waller still conscious. He was able to identify the assailants and was taken to the hospital where he had part of his brain removed and lost his left eye as a result of the gunshot wound. Detectives later learned that Richie Carver was a former roommate of Waller's. I still think that's wrong, but um, at least according to... Dad. Uh, Ryan's dad, yeah. it. They were not roommates. Richie Carver was convicted in June 2008 of felony murder, burglary, aggravated assault, and misconduct involving weapons and sentenced to, sen- sentenced to a term of natural life. The case against Larry Carver was based in part on the confessions he made to his wife and was ultimately dismissed after she invoked her mar- marital privilege and refused to testify against her husband. The family of Heather Kwan then appealed to the legislature to enact what became known as Heather's Law, which amended the marital privilege statute to compel a defendant's spouse to testify. After a legal battle over whether the law could apply retroactively to Larry Carver's case, the court ruled in favor of the state, and Carver was re-indicted in Jan- or, I'm sorry, November 2011 on first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, burglary, and aggravated assault. Following a 10-day trial, the jury-, jury deliberated for two and a half days before reaching a verdict of guilty on all counts. And I'm sure um, my personal opinion with regard to why they decided to let 
um, the wife testifies because there's no statute of limitations on murder. Yeah. So even though the the law was enacted later, they can still retry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Richie oh. Carver was convicted in June 2008 of felony murder, burglary, aggravated assault, and misconduct involving weapons and sentenced to a term of natural life. The case against Larry Carver was based in part... Oh, you already, you already, I, said, I already that. said that. Um, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes sorry. our notes get a little bit weird. Yeah, I apologize. But... Um, so Heather is survived by her mother and father, Ten- Terry Dendulk and Robert Kwan, her brother Andrew Kwan, her grandmother and aunts, uncles, and cousins who will deeply miss her. Her family mourned her loss and celebrated her life in a private service and would like to thank everyone for their thoughts and prayers. Uh, This is Monsters, $15 million lawsuit from the Waller family filed on the police department. Um, Lawsuit went on for three and a half years. Just three weeks before the trial, City motioned for dismissal because they had a brain expert stating that the six-hour delay did not make a difference in the outcome of Mr. Waller. Judge, Judge Robert but off dismissed the case. Yeah, they figure it'd been two days that the extra six hours didn't make much, if any, of a difference in his brain damage at that point. Which, yeah. and this is where I'm like, I wonder if you could refile. It's, it's, mm, sorry. Part of me is like, why can't you refile it against them for not for his treatment? Mm-hmm. The fact that they didn't take him sooner. But maybe that the strongest case would be, hey, he wouldn't be so brain damaged if he had been taken to the hospital immediately. Yeah, I think he they should have gotten something. Yeah, for and... just the 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 pain and distress that he had um, gone through. He was left in this distress for. Well, let's see, six hours in the vehicle. And another, another like, hour or two between. Maybe three, because yeah. yeah, it's cut off in pieces and points. Yeah, but, um, and I guess uh, Mr. Waller, his father's, um, they did have a doctor who would have actually said Ref- that right. there would have been less brain damage. Right, but it's continuous. Yeah. Um, And it's not going to get any better. That's for damn sure. Um, So in August of 2021, um, the U.S. Department of Justice is investigating allegations of excessive force and abuse within the Phoenix Police Department dating back several years. In a meeting Monday, the Department of Justice says it will be looking at possible system systemic Systemic. issues at the phoenix pd and the city here are the five issues the doj will be investigating one excessive and deadly force the feds are looking for proof of patterns that officers violated constitutional rights in its civil investigation our goal is to get a full picture of law enforcement and public safety at the phoenix police department said nancy glass with the doj two how police handled protesters and journalists covering them. The Department of Justice says it will investigate allegations that officers violated protesters' First Amendment rights by arresting them and using excessive force. They will also look at how police treated journalists covering the events. Discriminatory 
discriminatory policing. Thank you. <laughs> Words. <laughs> Words are hard, man. Uh, man, I don't know. We'll examine um, things like policies, trainings, internal investigations, and accountability systems. Four, the city's response to people with disabilities. This part of the investigation will focus on the city of Phoenix. Federal investigators will look at how the city responds to people with disabilities. It will determine whether or not the city is complying with the American Disabilities Act. This includes how city responders attend to people with behavioral issues. Number five, police response to homeless people. This part of the investigation will look at how Phoenix police respond to homeless people during the seizure of encampments. There are allegations that officers are seizing their belongings. So in January January of 2022, Mm -hmm. the Arizona governor, Doug Ducey, is critical of Department Justice's investigation into the Phoenix Police Department and the city over potential civil rights violations and abuses of power. Ducey, in his uh, State of the State speech, said the DOJ should shift their focus away from Phoenix police. Newsflash for the DOJ and Merrick Garland. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, instead of attacking Police Chief Jerry Williams and her officers for risking their lives and keeping Arizona streets safe during civil unrest, your time would be better spent protecting the federal courthouses in Portland, Seattle, and San Francisco, Ducey said. Do your job. The DOG, DOJ, I can do words today too, <laughs> reviewed media reports, court files, and citizen complaints before deciding to move forward with the Phoenix probe in August. The DOJ's Civil Rights Division is reviewing the police department's use of force practices and is also looking for patterns of retaliation over actively protected activity protected under the First Amendment and discrimination against people with disabilities who are homeless. The department is five months into the investigation with the most recent update coming in late December. Results of the probe aren't expected to be for a while, maybe more than a year. Ducey's denunciation of the probe came uh, during part of his speech in which he complimented the work of the state's law enforcement officials. We intend to keep Arizona a place where we honor and value our cops and all of law enforcement, including correctional officers and first responders. So this is, um, the DOJ was trying to get out that this is more than just a response to the protests, the Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matters. That's why they're talking about the San Francisco and the courthouses in Seattle and what have you, because there was some major um, eruptions in those locations. It really is suited in more than just, that's only one of the five things they're looking at. Mm -hmm. They're not just, (laughs) they're looking at their uh, response to people with disabilities, how they handled um, discriminatory discriminatory policing. I bet number two and number three could probably put with the protests, Mm -hmm. how police handled protesters and how police respond to homeless people. That's not the same as the protest stuff. Right. And the excessive and deadly force. Um, The piece where they're just not responding correctly to people who have medical situations. Mm Mm-hmm part of that is going back as far as this right i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. it's it's not just in um the arizona is definitely a very republican state for the most part and um i think that's where the governor's um protestations are more leaning towards trying to make sure that they keep that front and center for the political agenda right but doj is not supposed to have one we can all decide whether or not they do right. <laughs> on our own, but um, it's yeah. it's usually it's it's far more involved than just the protests. But um, and hopefully they will uncover anything that's bad and not be, you know, 
mm-hmm. swayed too much by politics. Well, and I I do apologize on this episode because I feel like oh, my notes kind of got out of yeah. out of place here. And then there were so many things that I kept thinking I needed to add in, and I didn't apparently forgot to. But um, you know, really... and I'm working off of, and that's I could have sworn I had more in there too. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not working online as much as I usually am. Right. I have to actually intentionally turn on my hotspot <laughs> until we get our new Wi-Fi set up for the the fifth wheel. I will definitely say, you know, if well, the the and we can post the links to this. Um, but you know, if you watch the YouTube video of the interrogation and then watch the YouTube video of, um, Ryan's father, because that actually I thought was really good. It really gave a lot of information that, um, you know, isn't in the news. It's just, but it's on a very personal level, you know, being his father and, because there wasn't a ton in the news. There articles. wasn't. No. Um, I I thought I remembered seeing a um, I, an investigate discovery show, but I couldn't find reference to one. So maybe mm-hmm. I was thinking of something else. But um, it just seems like this uh, particular episode or this particular murder could be. We could really talk more about it. There's got to be more mm-hmm. to discuss besides just the the details of. I mean, they literally shot him through the door and then walked over him. Mm-hmm. Then shot him again. Shot him again, and then they went and they into shot, the living room and, and shot her. She was on the couch. Wasn't she was she? on the couch. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and she died instantly. Right. Um. I don't. I didn't see how many times she was shot, you know, um, but I think it was in the head as well. Right. And, um, yeah, it's just, and they, they did steal a bunch of stuff too. Yeah, they ransacked the house and somehow, I still don't understand how the, um, maybe she's just a roommate that was, just got home from visiting her folks for Christmas and just wanted to be in her own space. Cause you know, if you're just a roommate, Mm -hmm. you don't really want to hang out with, Especially when he looks gooby. Yeah. He probably looked rather bizarre and Uh, she was asleep on the couch. I think it was like late and I don't think she was really paying attention to to what was going on, you know. And I mean, it sounds like she did kind of keep to herself for the most part. So, yeah. But it definitely, I mean, wow, that, that interrogation is something else. That's for sure. Yeah, he just is like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if, and a friend of mine, well, actually, the, the mentee, she's like, if you've done any um, training to see somebody who's cognitively, mm-hmm. has brain damage, it's pretty evident. But again, like I said, there that one nurse is like, yeah, but you just don't know his baseline. Yeah, he yeah, was pretty but... out of it. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I really think after when even you have a short head wounds time, like that, you would have to. I mean, okay, he's got a punch. He's been punched in the eye. He's got a black eye. Yeah, let's make sure it's not something else, and that's why we aren't getting lucid, right? Like responses out of this guy. The only time he really looked lucid for just a moment was when he asked about Heather, and the interrogator told her told him that she was dead. You could see. He looked really, really heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And then he went back to making no sense. Yeah. yeah. Or very little sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, and was... he really did. He really did not. He really wasn't making sense. And that's that's the thing where it's like, wow, why didn't you just stop? <laughs> I mean, because I, I, I don't know. I mean, and we're we're not in that situation. We're not, right. you know, so we can't. And, you know, everybody reacts differently to different situations. So we don't know what that investigator was thinking. Or, right. And, you know. I mean, I've seen a lot of video of interrogations, but how many hours have I not seen? Because mm-hmm. they only are going to show you the clips that give you the the information, if you will. Right. I haven't watched extensive hours long of interrogations to see what kind of bull people tend to do. Right. It just, Do some people act that dumb? Well, it's it's not like he was acting dumb. He was just making no sense. There's yeah. a big difference between acting dumb and like sidestepping questions. Yes, and answering them, but bizarrely. Yeah, yeah. And that's really where it it so, comes down. Yeah, and I mean, I am glad that the investigator finally went. Oh wait, there is something wrong. You know, yeah. and he did get medical attention and. I mean, it's sad that he, it sounds like his life after was difficult, was very difficult. Yeah, he had to go live with his folks. He mm-hmm. could not take care of himself. No, he had he had a lot of seizures. Yeah. And yeah, it's really, um, really sad. And from what I could tell, he had, he really didn't have a social life after that either. No. It was just him and his folks and... Yeah. whatever for family interactions and it just his life basically was over yeah with this night even though it took him 10 years to die mm-hmm. which is incredibly sad he was just some 18 year old kid mm-hmm. living <laughs> with his first you know yeah. long you know serious serious girlfriend yeah. and she was she looked like she was just one heck of a yeah a girl that was going somewhere mm-hmm yeah, going to law school. She wanted to be a defense attorney. She was, um, you know, working with the Boys and Girls Club. She was trying to help people, mm-hmm. you know, and that really helped. She was interested in social justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that she almost didn't get. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, what would have happened if, well, you do wonder what would have happened if he had died too. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing there would have been some more well and that's kind of like one of the comments that i think i saw was something about you know he he really he lost his life too yes the the fact that they're they're you know when they're going through these trials you know it wasn't it wasn't just her that lost her life he lost his life too and that they almost should have you want him on that but you, you do wonder how do you, yeah how do you i guess how do, how do you argue that in court but it i, don't I know. think well you know what i don't think they're gonna retry because they can try now because he did die yeah from injuries As a result right yeah uh, sustained but if they already have them both in life sentences they're not going to they're not yeah. gonna retry cost too much money mm-hmm yeah it's sad. It's that's on the list of things. It's like, can't we just append it with like a <laughs> <laughs> just just, just add on? You know, they they you know. Does yeah. this require an entire extra? <laughs> you know, going into the court. Why can't we just like and make a note? Append it. <laughs> Appended. We're gonna add a second first degree now that this guy died. Yeah. Or I mean, 
you do wonder if that's something we could do with future mm-hmm. stuff is change the law to like, okay, that attempted murder have a pended asterisk mm-hmm. to that. This person has injuries that are going to cause them to not live a normal life. Right. And I'm sure, I mean, if his, if their greater families had money, they probably could civil suit. Yeah. But I'm guessing not. I, I don't, I don't think so. But how else do you... I, would and would a civil suit against uh, Phoenix have done anything for them to be that whole care for my child while he was suffering? Yeah, you left him sitting in a cop car. Yeah, and I mean it's hard because you know it was like two days before. Well, and that's where it's a little unclear to me because it almost seemed like um, you know the the father was definitely raising questions when but they didn't had, show up but they had to wait two days yeah, probably yeah so waiting the two days i don't know that and that's where i you do kind of wonder about i mean i get that you don't want to waste resources looking for somebody who's not really missing but isn't there a way to go can i, can I get a wellness check yeah. before the 48 hours yeah you know, it, yeah. you really have to think because what would have happened if they had checked? <laughs> yeah, you know, on and, Christmas Eve. Yeah, and I mean, I think up. his dad even went to the house and knocked on the door, and nope. nobody, nobody answered. answered. But Ryan was not in in a good mental state. I don't know that he would have even known how to open the door. You know, at that point in time, it's just I don't know. Yeah, or if he was in some kind of a deep... Because he... It took him a long time, or he doesn't know time. Right. You can't imagine how much time would have passed between initial injury and the body being well enough to wake up from it. Right. Could have been a day on its own. Well, and, you know, obviously he wasn't with it enough to call 911. Yeah. So... I'm pretty sure time wasn't something he was able to track anymore. No. Mm-mm. Mm. And he obviously didn't even realize that Heather was dead. You know? Yeah. It, it... And he knew he was in pain, but he couldn't do anything about it. Right. I wonder if he even tried to take aspirin. Would he have been able to open the bottle? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. That's, Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is definitely one I I contemplate a lot. When I saw that video, I rewatched it a couple times and then started trying to pick apart and think through those things because you're like, what would happen if I had something like that happen? Or, you know, what would somebody think of it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. It's, um a tough one for sure this was you know and again i apologize for not being as prepared as i normally am Mm. um but you know it's one of those um there there wasn't a lot of information out there unless you were watching the videos and watching the videos it's like how do we even put this into words yeah you watch the videos and it it affects you yeah or at least it affected de- me. Well, for it sure. affected me too. I definitely, yeah. I totally get why some people said I couldn't finish watching that. Mm-hmm. And that's, you took a bit to actually watch it the first time because you're like, I don't know if I can watch this. Yeah. Yeah. I started to, and then I kind of went, mm. I need to be in a better mindset. 
Mm-mm. Yeah. And yeah. It, it stays with you, the whole idea. It, it's kind of on that list of things that you, I think it's a common fear of that, that falling, you know, like we joke about the commercials, I fall and I can't get up. But mm-hmm. if you are on the floor for a really long time, if you fall, you get hurt or something and nobody is there to help you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had my, that first vertigo episode I had, at the time, I didn't use my cell phone as my alarm. My cell phone was downstairs. I was upstairs. Mm-hmm. And Sean had just left, and he was working all the way over in Dover at the time. And I could not walk. Mm-hmm. I was crawling everywhere. Yeah. And it took me, it had to be at least an hour before I got downstairs. But it, and at least I was mobile. But I thought for sure I was going to throw up. I thought for sure it was just, it was just terrible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to get to a phone. I need to get to a phone. I need to get to somebody to help me. And then I got to my phone and Sean's already in fricking Delaware. And I'm going, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I started trying to call places and say, oh, I had an appointment. I can't come. And they're like, oh, we fixed Vertigo. I'm like, oh, well, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was. But I can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> I can't drive there. So I have to wait for my husband. Because I was actually seen being seen for physical therapy at the time for a back, my back being out. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we can do that. It's BPPV. And I'm like, what the heck's that? That's you remember when you told me about Vertigo the first time. Yeah. With the crystals in your ears. And you're like, you're making this shit up. Because <laughs> I've also had Vertigo a few times. Yeah. Thankfully, not any time recently. But, but yeah, I haven't been into a major injury where I was alone, though. Mm-hmm. It's like when I fell down your steps. No alcohol involved, I promise. <laughs> but... <laughs> It was broad daylight. It was. Uh, yeah. But it's it's scary to think of what it would be like if you were alone yeah. and you your head is hurting and you can't think straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we both have experienced migraines and how much that affects your thought process. And, the brain fog. You know, to, to actually have something like that happen. I, oh, my God. Obviously, we can't even put ourselves in that no. mindset. I don't don't want to. No. That's too much to think about. Well, it's my friend Donna, her mom, and that's, they don't know how long she had, she had fallen. Mm-hmm. And that's when her health really declined is they had no idea how long she had been on the floor. That's why those commercials, as much as they're kind of funny, they're not. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine being just laying there and your brain just starts doing its own thing. And they were, the doctors were telling her after the fact, it's like, we can't get information from her about how, what happened. Cause she mm-hmm. was saying she was attacked by people who haven't been alive for years. Huh. So obviously that person did not attack you, but was she attacked? They didn't have any other signs in the house that she was attacked. It was just a fall. But what if she had been? Right. Yeah. Yeesh yikes yeah. sorry so, um, <laughs> another pleasant ending yeah. to uh discussion so um, um yeah um <laughs> anything <laughs> anything nice to say well yeah, i do see. yeah well at least they have uh heather's law there's that whole discussion about whether um spouses spousal privilege and whether you can um i don't know testify Mm-hmm. based on something that was said to you in the marital bed or whatever. That's very antiquated, I think. I think so. And, yeah, I, I'm kind of glad they they got around that and that Heather's Law was made because, yeah, I mean, you should be able to and 
not just be able to want to testify in some of these circumstances. Yeah. But. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you for listening to (laughs) us as always. And, um, hopefully, you know, I mean, you come up with these bummers. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and, uh, you know, again, thank you. (laughs) You're doing a lot of filler words there, young lady. I know. Thank you for listening to us. Um, we really do appreciate it. We, we love hearing from our listeners and, and, um, you know, we're just grateful you guys are willing to listen to us, you know, even though and we're... And supply us with some interesting <laughs> yeah. things that then give us nightmares, but that's okay. Well, I mean, we do kind of like getting into we this like stuff. Getting we like getting into it anyway. We don't really like the nightmares, but... No, but, but a couple of episodes of just watching regular TV, yeah. that stuff totally infiltrates your dreams. Oh, yeah. Definitely and, does. And this one definitely did affect me for a while. I Because uh, I first saw that video, gosh, it's been a couple months now. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to go back to it and really try to break it down a little bit more because, yeah, it, it really messed with my head for a little bit yeah so you may not want to watch the video just saying um it's tough it is tough tough to watch if you have if you have empathy for the situation Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i guess you could say we're empaths in a bit of way (laughs) anyhow anyhow thank thank you you for listening to nothing happens in a small town where Where things do happen and small small towns towns are not the quite Quiet, quaint places, places you think, you they, think are. they are. Even if this one was a bigger place, we yeah. had to talk about yes. it. And you can uh, visit our Patreon page at uh, patreon.com slash nothing happens in a small town. Our Instagram is nothing happens in a small town. Our Twitter profile is nothing happens in a small town at N-H-I-A-S-T. Our Facebook page is nothing happens in a small town at N-H-I-A-S-T 2021. Gmail is nothing happens in a small town at gmail.com. So thank you for listening and we will have another episode for you in two weeks. Yes. Thank you very much all.